the hell is going on? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Welcome to episode 52 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... 52, man. Doesn't that usually consist of a year? It would, except we did a bunch of bonus episodes and con episodes and whatnot. Slater and the Mexican. I see how it is. This <laughs> <laughs> horse is right here. Miguel Garza is standing here next to you. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good today. How are you? I'm okay. You know, still dealing with that aftermath of that crap that we've been having going around, you know. Yeah, my voice is still not 100%, but I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, I saw you limping. Yeah, that that's still aggravating me too. I don't know what's going on. With that's my what life. you get. That's, that's what I get. I deserve that. Yeah. <laughs> Making right. fun of me all the time. Fair enough. Me and my horse steps going down the stairs. Uh, well, <laughs> I guess I got bear steps. I don't know what to tell bear you. Steps. <laughs> Anyways, we have a special guest here today, uh, Mr. Ryan Burton, the writer of Dark Engine. How you doing today, Ryan? Hey guys, I'm doing fine. We're happy to have you on the show. Big uh, fans of your book. Hey, thanks. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. You're in Texas, right? Yeah, yeah. Right in the thriving metropolis of Houston. Mm, us too. <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys are you guys like bunked up right now in the same place? Uh, we are. We so don't do any bunking. <laughs> <laughs> We're just sitting in my office in nice, comfortable chairs. Yeah, I don't even know where I got the bunking is where like a bunk bed comes to mind. I doubt you guys are having the podcast on a bunk bed. That'd be pretty rad, though. That would be. That'd be like a 10-year-old's dream, right? Wow. <laughs> my dream. That would be my dream. This podcast is going dark. <laughs> what do you mean, comfortable chair? Uh, I'm looking at my chair compared to yours here, uh, <laughs> Maestro. Your chair is like nice and poofy. It's got a nice back. I got a kitchen chair. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually doing this. Um, we just put Guardians of the Galaxy on pause. My wife and I were thinking oh. we should watch it in the theater. We, we got to the part where... Uh, Ronan the accuser just sledgehammered that dude's head. So put that on pause, right? Both my kids are uh, down for the count. My three year old's fighting sleep, and I've got a glass of wine, and my wife is dicking around on Candy Crush. <laughs> we must be pretty important if he's pausing Guardians I for know, us. Right? I wouldn't pause it for you, man. <laughs> are you kidding? I'm uh, I'm thrilled to be here. And, and besides, like I said, we should have we should have seen that in the theater. And you know, we got the Christmas lights glaring off the TV. We've got kids, you know, fighting sleep. It's like that. This is this is the real experience of Guardian of the Galaxy. All this. Uh, <laughs> Extreme yeah. pack, the 3D, Blu-ray, DVD, digital. All that, yeah, all that shit goes out the window when you have kids. So. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, perfect. It's perfect. That sounds like a want want, but that's perfect, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk some comics. Let's talk some comics, man. So uh, we read a lot of books this, today. I man, mean, I, was, I was doing some speed reading today. I was impressed with myself. 37 titles. 37. <laughs> In a row. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what were your top two books this week, Miguel? Well, number two was Deep State. Number two, as you know, that is actually being done by Mr. Justin Jordan and Ariana Christantina. I can never say her last name. <laughs> Ariella Christantina. She just became my friend on Facebook, by the way. Yeah, she's, very much. she's incredibly talented. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this book is just insane. Uh, aliens, Russians, people dying, people getting assimilated, sheriffs shooting at mobs of people. I still don't know what the alien is. It's just a glow. <laughs> and then you get changed. <laughs> well, it's definitely some kind of like symbiotic thing. 
like whatever the aliens are on the moon uh, took over the Russian cosmonaut and then came back to Earth. Tell me, carnage is around? <laughs> well, <laughs> something like that. I mean, they they learned to use the technology to drive the dead Russian landing pod back to Earth. It's funny you said that because they made the statement that they were idiots and now they're brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and the the second issue is fantastic. It's all about them, the aliens, learning to use technology and learning how humanity works. Like. There's some really messed up stuff in there, which you come to expect from Justin Jordan. But uh, like the guy hanging from the wall, it's all dissected and he's still alive. The aliens like took him apart piece by piece to kind of learn how humanity works. Was that cool? That was awesome. That was like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was your number two book. It was actually my number one book. I, I loved it. Wow, cool. Uh, my number one is uh, Shutter number seven written <laughs> by Joe Keening and Lila DeLuca. Is that right? You got that one right. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it's actually my number two. So we're inverted again. Flip flopping again. Yeah, we're what was that word he just used earlier? <laughs> Ryan, what was that again? We're bunking. <laughs> totally bunking, guys. <laughs> Man, as you know, six left is lost with Kate and the dragon, and her brother, and then all hell breaks loose. There's all kinds of things. They're shooting with guns. The cat's running, loses his head. <laughs> the boy gets mad. The dragon gets him, and then sure enough, there's another sibling. And the last page was like, oh no. <laughs> I was, was like, "Don't do that to me." Joe. Definitely a cliffhanger. I, I love Joe's writing. It's a it's a really good story. You forgot to mention the part about the after effects of the battle at the hotel. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Where there's the the almost dead animals that were going after Kate before, and now they're basically trying to play cleanup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she sliced the otter's throat, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. He's just like, "Can I help you?" And she's like, "Yeah, it's a really good book, man. I'm telling you." Did you guys read Glory by Keating? I have not read all of Glory. I read uh, the first trade. Yeah, that looked that looked pretty phenomenal. The art is what caught my eye. I haven't read it either, but um, what looks really handsome is that uh, it's like a French BD format of all however many issues there were, right? And it's a wraparound cover of Glory's face. It looks pretty rad. I think I'm going to check that out next time I'm at my uh, comic book shop. Well, have you read anything? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you read current books. Do you pick up everything that comes out on a Wednesday, or are you a uh, trade paperback kind of guy? No, no. I, uh, there's definitely some uh, some single issues that I pick up. Today I picked up East of West, uh, The World. I'm a big fan of Nick's. He's a really nice guy. He and I were on a panel together at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, and he and I just hit it off. Really soft-spoken, really sweet guy. Extremely talented, as his work shows. I picked that up today, and... Um, J.H. Williams is a good friend of mine, and whenever Sandman drops, I, I pick that up the day of release because he's just so damn talented, and that work is inspirational. Uh, incidentally, I've never read any of the other Sandman stories, which is blasphemy, I think, if <laughs> if uh, too many people hear that. And Profit, when Profit drops, I, I pick that the day of. Cool. Yeah. It's funny, East of West, uh, The World is actually the only book that was on my list today that I did not get. For some reason, my shop didn't get enough copies in. So, Oh, damn. <laughs> well, it's super, it's super design-heavy, so it's not like, a, I guess, what you'd come to expect of your regular comic book. There's, I want to say, like a six- or eight-page quick story where it, it reads like a comic, and the rest is kind of your backstories, uh, a lot of atlas information, a lot of world information. It's just kind of a great one shot that gives you a nice little boost for issue 16 to come out later this month cool yeah i'm a huge fan of east and west i've, I've loved that series since the beginning yeah it's a great book great artist great writer everything i know we're, i'm going a little mini rant real quick what is going on man we did this a couple weeks ago freaking diamond whoever our shop 
losing books, not getting books. It's just a persistent problem in Houston. I don't know what's going on with the distribution center, but it seems like every week there's some kind of issue. I'm telling you, uh, I go to Bedrock City Comics, and those guys are phenomenal. I went to the one on Westheimer, and now I'm going to the one in the Heights. And um, uh, they've always had the stuff. They've always uh, been pretty legit with me. That's our shop, too. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yep. Huh. What time do you go in? We usually arrive right there with the rest of the nerds right when it opens. they open the doors. We walk okay, in. Which one? Westheimer or Heights? The Westheimer one. Oh, see, Westheimer I went, uh, gosh, I want to say like four or five years ago. So it's it's been a it's been a long time since I've been there. I go to the one that just opened up. I might say three years ago. Washington. Uh, yeah, on Washington. Yeah, okay. my friend is the assistant manager over there, Chuck. Oh, Chuck! Holy shit, I love Chuck. Yeah, I love Chuck too. Chuck's the reason I got back. Well, Justin and Chuck. Chuck was the one pointing me to all different type of books when I first went to Bedrock. Yeah, he's and great. So he was there for a while, and then he went over to the other store. Like, oh man, but I see him every once in a while, so. Yeah, really sweet guy. Um, really passionate about his job. Everybody there, and, and what's great about the store on Washington is, um, you know, my wife and my son will uh, will all just kind of rally at the Three Brothers Bakery that's perpendicular to it, and we'll grab coffee, and my kid will get a cupcake or or whatever, and I can just flip through my comics. You know, I don't know how you guys do it, but you know, I like to flip through the comic first, kind of digest the visuals, and then I'll read it later. We, we can't do that because we have to review everything the night. 37. Yeah, that's phenomenal. So it's it's a grind for us. I mean, sometimes we get details a little bit wrong and stuff because we read so many books. But well, there's so much good stuff out there, it's hard to say no to something. Well, to save you guys some uh, some of the time and where you can actually appreciate the art, I'll uh, from now on I'll send you advances of Dark Engine. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. Because <laughs> yeah, so uh, John Bivens, the artist, and Kelly Fitzpatrick, uh, they're doing great, great stuff. And, and that's the type of art that, for me at least, and I think for a lot of other people, really deserves that type of uh, attention. Yeah. So, yeah, from now on, we'll, we'll uh, swap contact information after this. Justin, I'll shoot you an email. And uh, if you guys want to send me your email addresses, I'll make sure you get advanced, advanced PDFs. That would be awesome. We'd stop, appreciate that. Stop drooling, Justin. <laughs> That's what happens when you bunk too much. <laughs> That's the episode name, bunking too much. Bunking too much. <laughs> you get the drools. <laughs> it's like one of those words that you say and you're like, why in the hell did I just say bunking? What? <laughs> Whatever. Well, let's take a second to talk about our uh, picks of the week. Oh, yeah. My pick of the week. I'll tell you what it is. Rockets. Rockets? <laughs> Rockets to win. <laughs> no. One of my favorite books that I've been reading from the beginning that I totally love, Caitlin Kittredge does it with uh, Ryan Kelly, Coffin Hill. Number 14 was my pick of the week. Oh, yeah. That's a really interesting story because it's kind of a one-shot in the Coffin Hill storyline. It's about one of the witches of, of that's no longer around. It's like one of the witches from the past. And this group of kids who are serial killers who have been traveling across the country just killing people at random. And they target primarily rich single women. So they know about this coffin woman who lives in this mansion and obviously she's wealthy. So they put on their animal masks and they break into her house. You know, they have a pretty common <laughs> ploy <laughs> yeah. of can we use your telephone? And then when she turns to help them, you know, they bust in and, and they're trying to kill her. But uh, she turns the tables really quickly and uh, basically turns it into a complete nightmare for the serial killers. And I love it because it just it flips it on them. She don't believe she told him you have one chance to get out. If you don't, you're going to regret it. And it was great to see the potential serial killers get their comeuppance. It was a really good book. Well, she messed up that one guy, too. Remember, kind of a la, you know, Deep State. <laughs> so just saying, man, I, this book is just phenomenal. I, I love 
reading it. I love following what Eve was doing, and you know the flashbacks forward back the people in the woods. Um, it's really good. At times it gets kind of confusing. I got to read it twice <laughs> to make sure I got what was actually happening. But yeah, that was my pick of the week. What was yours? Uh, mine was actually Punks number three. You weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a fist kind of guy. <laughs> I mean, I, I like all of Fialkov's writing and Punks. When I read issue one, it was funny, but I didn't really feel like a connection with it. And issue two kind of drew me in a little bit more. And issue three, I really just absolutely love. There's so much funny stuff and so many relatable jokes to me. Um, I think there's a moment in there where Zardoz shows up, which if you don't know who Zardoz <laughs> is, it's a really awful Sean Connery movie from like the early 80s. <laughs> I just love punk. It was it was such a funny issue. Wearing the red underwear and the guns. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's, there's a moment in the book where Dog has an interview with Rick Remender. And Rick Remender is Rick Remender's face imposed on a fish in a fish bowl mm-hmm. and he's having the conversation and he's like i'm not a fish i'm rick remender <laughs> <laughs> that's part when they call the dog a communist <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of laughs sean connor is his lawyer if you haven't had a chance to, to check out punks yet i would definitely recommend picking up issue three and and giving it a shot because it is a really funny book you got to kind of read that twice sometimes because you miss stuff and you realize what the hell is going on <laughs> like what <laughs> Have you ever read Punk's uh, Ryan? No, I haven't. I've flipped through it, and it looks bananas. Just all the cut and paste. It feels like a fanzine. I, I don't know. It's it's incredible, and I do need to pick it up, but I've never checked it out yet. You should. I, I think you'll really like it. It's funny. Yep. What's the story about? Or is there a story, or is it just uh, a lot of uh, – It's a lot of non sequiturs. Okay. It's, it's these four guys who live in a house. One of them is a dog. One of them is a fist. One of them is a skull. One's Abe Lincoln, One's right? One's Abe Lincoln, Yeah. <laughs> And they, <laughs> they just have like wacky adventures and weird conversations and do really bizarre things to each other. It, it, it's funny that it's named punks because it looks like a punk indeed put it together. Like somebody was getting high in the high school bathroom and decided to cut a lot of shit out and just put it all together. But it looks – I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's slightly beyond me because that's one way I could never think. Yeah, I couldn't either. I mean, but I think that uh, – I mean we had – Joshua Fialkov on the show not that long ago. And it's something that him and Cody Chamberlain started years and years and years ago. It was like one of the first things they did. Right. And then as they've become more successful in the comic industry, they decided to bring it back and add new stories to it. So every book is like one old story and one new story. Oh, that's cool. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I like hearing about how people uh, got started. That's pretty cool. And I think I remember when they actually put that out. That was like 10 years ago. Yeah. The first one, something like that. We read a lot of weird stuff, you know that, right? <laughs> I know. That's good. Weird, weird is what uh, keeps the uh, the medium interesting. Was that God loves astronauts or God hates astronauts? <laughs> he, he doesn't love me. He hates, he hates him. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I think of uh, Michael DeForge stuff like Ant Colony. I don't know if either of you've read it. Yeah. But- yeah. So I'd like to see more books like that. I mean, I could go off on a tangent all day, but. Um, whenever Brandon Graham puts, you know, a multiple warhead out or something that uh, smacks of King City, I've got to pick it up just because, you know, it gives that needed boost of creativity that is lacking from a lot of other monthlies. Yeah. So yeah, back back to your question. I I, I need to check out Punks just because it's just something totally and incredibly different than what I'm used to, and I think that's uh, very refreshing. We like I said, we read a lot of books. I mean, a lot of Marvel, a lot of DC, but a lot of indie books and. The indie books are like just – I mean it's sad to say I'm a Batman kind of guy. Well, that's not sad, man. Batman's cool. I love Harley Quinn. I'm yeah. a big Spider-Man guy. But these indie books are just pulling me away. I mean Image is just 
absolutely destroying the market right now. So many good image books. And if you guys notice a trend, I mean, you have all your big names going from the big two and slowly, slowly, um, or rather quickly in some cases, <laughs> moving over to image and they're taking their readership with them. So there's there's method to that uh, that strategy. There's smart career building and what some of these creators are doing. Sorry. Yeah. Didn't realize you were drinking a surge. Yeah, I'm just trying not to cough. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, was that was that too real for you, Justin? That, that, yeah, yeah, yeah real. it's hard, hard for me to deal with. <laughs> In your face, facts. <laughs> let me pull it back a little bit. Sorry about that. That's that's just wine smarts. I get real smart when I have wine. Uh, Miguel does not. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? I don't drink wine. <laughs> little finger out. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I actually prefer Lone Star, but I hadn't had a, a beer in close to a year. I had one the other night, and after one beer, I was feeling pretty uh, fuzzy. So right now, I'm just taking it slow and steady. I'm actually drinking Surge while like, recording. Is that like Monster? You don't remember Surge? It was a Coca-Cola drink from back in the early 90s. Let me do some Google foo here. Since you're talking about wine, I'll go ahead and talk to you about it a little bit. My, I do drink wine. I was just pulling, you know, pulling your leg there. Uh, my wife is from Buffalo, uh-huh. and her dad makes his own wine. Okay. And anytime we go to visit him during the summer, um, I pretty much become an alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> he pulls out the bottle, and we start drinking. Yeah. He goes, I just made these this week. I made these uh, a month ago. Let's try this. Try this. But what he also does is he'll go to, like, the local wine – well, I won't say winery. The local uh, beer shop with, like, Specs, but it's not Specs. <laughs> And he'll pick up different other kinds of wines. We'll taste those against his. But he'll also pick up some strange beers. Like the last time I was there, we drank like seven different German beers, wines. You know, it was like, wow. So I'm drinking this, I'm drinking that, drinking this, drinking that. I'm like, I can't taste anything anymore. <laughs> I'm starting to feel really <laughs> good here. My palate is ruined. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a, that's a hell of a – now, is that his full-time job or is that his full-time hobby? That's just his hobby. That's fantastic. That's a fantastic hobby. He retired from uh, – I think it was GM a long, long time ago. So he's, you know, he's kind of retired. So he does wine on the side. He likes to hunt. Uh, but my mother-in-law is not very well. So he's had to kind of like cut back a lot of stuff, but he still does his wine. So That's we have a case with us here. So we haven't surprised. We haven't gone through that case yet. <laughs> New Year's is coming up. We'll, not, yeah, we we'll go. save it for that episode. <laughs> the holidays are coming up and you're going to have to be around family. So I imagine that case will be gone pretty quickly. Wine and peeps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good combo, <laughs> but if you like it, you go right ahead. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about what we're here for today. Uh, let's talk about Dark Engine. Okay, it's dark. <laughs> Ryan, why don't, why don't you uh, let our listeners know kind of the synopsis, kind of what the story's about? That's my favorite question. Um, so Dark Engine is essentially about a woman sent back in time uh, to stop the apocalypse that has happened. Uh, whatever event or whatever thing caused the world to, to go to ruin – uh, she was made by alchemists to stop that thing. And essentially it's a female Conan who is sent back in time and she's powered by a sentient engine. And this engine, thinking of its own free will, kind of shoots her back wherever it wants to. So in the first issue, she, she goes back to the time of the dinosaurs and as is her purpose, she kills everything in sight. And she ends up crafting a weapon, and uh, yeah, we dropped a couple of bunch of holy shits when we saw that movie first. Read up. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was bananas. So she ends up crafting something what we've uh, endearingly called a rib sword, and that's where she cracked open a 
you know, cracked off a rib and fashioned it into a sword and killed a lot of dinosaurs. Then the dark engine decided to take her to ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. And there she was uh, kind of powered down and she was worshipped as uh, the devourer of souls or devourer of hearts, Amut, which is a uh, half hippo, half crocodile, half lion, mm-hmm. that demigoddess that would eat the hearts of the unworthy. And then after her time there, after the dark engine was done there, I shot her uh, into Scandinavia where she slaughtered a small little Viking uh, vanguard. They were determined to take her on too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think anybody would if they saw somebody with uh, you know, a, a dinosaur skull helm bursting out of their horse. <laughs> I think anybody would <laughs> Issue for uh, Caesar uh, in ancient China on the uh, infamous, uh, I think it's Qing Shi's uh, pirate ship. And there again, much like issue two, uh, she's kind of powered down. So you can see a trend. She's she's essentially this this machine that is powered by this dark engine that is very much alive. And then in issue four, we have a very big surprise where um, there's some carefully placed exposition. And we realize uh, not everything is as it as it seems or as it should be. And we have three narratives going out through this arc. The first one is uh, the mysterious kind of cryptic dragon figure that currently lives, but has recently left. I love that character design, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. That's uh, that's uh, all John, mostly John. A uh, few notes went back and forth between me and him. And it was lovely how it turned out. So John Bivens, right? Yeah. John Bivens. Uh, he and I have known each other for about five years, and I'll, I'll get to that later, but I'm, I'm really, really happy with what he's been producing. So you have one narrative, and through this dragon character who who lives in the future that Sim was created, we, we kind of get a, a touch of the world, and we get a touch of the bestiary. So we have things called gigahools, which are these massive colossi. And then we have little monsters called spore devils that they latch onto your face and they breathe these spores down your throat and uh, bad things happen. Did the inspiration for those come from facehuggers from Alien? No, they did not. Although after once they were created and I realized uh, how we were explaining them in issue two, I was like, wow, this kind of sounds like facehugger. But ours has a little bit of a twist. So this sounds too cool to to cut. This isn't much of a spoiler alert because it's mentioned in issue two, but ours – you know, have tiny little heads, and what they do is they shove their mouths down your throats. And although the face huggers impregnate you with a with a small little alien embryo, ours just breathes spores down your throat. They lock their their small horns in your cheeks, and we'll be seeing that in issue seven or eight how that works. <laughs> we, got, we got an anatomy lesson in issue two, but we'll actually see them in action. I like things kind of dissected, right? Mm-hmm. I like things explained. And then I like to see the action. And sometimes I flip the two. Anyways, these guys breathe this nastiness down people's throats and they spaz out. And as they're, you know, spazzing out and breaking their spine, they're breathing these spores out, infecting other people. That was one of the ways the world got wiped out. Uh, The second one, of course, you know, the second wave was these aforementioned colossi. So that's the dragon figure. That's one narrative aspect. The second narrative aspect is uh, Sims travel, the the individual I was just talking about, the lady who was sent back in time to destroy whatever, whoever caused this apocalypse. And the third narrative is the alchemist, specifically a a character named Jin. He's uh, very effeminate, uh, very caring, very empathetic, almost to a fault. 
And he gives us that human touch to kind of ground the story and give us a sense of what's happening behind the scenes. And uh, that wasn't very succinct, but that's kind of the story to date. And all of that happened through issues one through four. (laughs) You've told a lot of story in a short number of issues. That's for sure. Yeah, Um, yeah. You've laid the groundwork for a lot of really cool ideas going forward, it seems like. I really can't wait to see specifically with the dragon what happens going forward. I think that's – I think we're going to plan either issue eight or issue nine. We we revisit the uh, dragon and and we see that he's a little worse for wear. Just because, as as you recall, he uh, was poisoned. He uh, he drank that poison to illuminate the pilot chamber in issue three, and we insinuate that he uh, he didn't spit all of it out. So in issue four, some of his veins are highlighted yellow to again kind of clue you in that oh shit. He, he didn't get rid of all the poison. There's so many things you can do with what you're doing with this story right now. It's I mean, I could see this book going on for a very long, long time. You have so many avenues to go, but you tell so much. <laughs> How long do you think you're going to take this? Because I've had, I've had a bad run of luck. I find a book <laughs> and it winds up being done in 12 issues or it's done in four. I mean, you'll hate miniseries. Yeah, I'm really hating miniseries. And I love this book. And I want you to tell me, oh, we're doing a miniseries. We're done in 12. No, <laughs> no, no. I I would love to go on forever, but quite frankly, it all it's all dependent on sales. So if people like it and keep pe- people keep picking it up and retailers keep pushing it, and if it seems to catch on, then then absolutely we'd love to go for two to three years. But if sales are problematic, then like any endeavor, we have to look at it in a pragmatic way. Yeah. So I, I know that's a bit cryptic, Miguel, but. We have a beginning, we have a middle, we have an end. No matter if it's 12 issues or 24 issues or 36 issues, each issue will be as dense and as story-driven as uh, the first four issues. So all your answers or all your questions, excuse me, will be answered. Well, I can tell you, at our local Bedrock, we see the books when we get there, and they don't stay very long. (laughs) We have to make sure we get there early enough to grab ours. Because sometimes they forget to put it in a box and we grab it. <laughs> That's fantastic to hear. We we got the trade numbers in uh, about two weeks ago, and I was really happy with the trade numbers. Um, I'm not sure how digital is doing. I'm sure I'll figure that out soon. But John and I are having fun. And, and right now, we're very much in the mindset where we want to create a comic that we want to read. And and that's why there's so much labor put into it. And that's why there's so it's so dense. For good or for bad, our comics are the type of comics that will reward you with each reading. Yeah. We tell our friends about it and everybody can see. And I'm thinking, you know, we do a lot of giveaways. Maybe we should try like get by a trade and have them sign it. And then Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we do a giveaway every few months. So maybe the next one will be Dark Engine. And, I mean, it's it's been in our uh, top three books every every single issue that's come out. Well, thank you. Made thank you. List. Well, I, I should give you a, a heads up that the next arc kind of takes a, a turn in that you remember at the end of issue four. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So so what do you do when your protagonist is stuck at the bottom of the sea, right? Well, this is my opportunity to expose the world as it is or how it came to be. So for issues five through seven, we'll be following a, a character called the Ink Face Ranger. And he's a black swordsman in the vein of Mad Max. Hmm. And he is 
the only known person to have taken down one of these gigahool, one of these colossus or colossi, excuse me. So it's it's a really nice human touch, but there's so many monsters and Bivens is turning in work that is just gorgeous. And I don't know, it's like Lovecraft's wet dream. It's fantastic. Now, is John in Texas as well? No, John is actually uh, in Minneapolis. He's in the Twin Cities. He's uh, going to MCAD right now. I think he's studying or he's getting his master's in sequential art. And he and I met about, I want to say five years ago, four or five years ago on some of the message boards. I think it was like an Ellis message board. And he and I were just starting out. So I've been writing for a while, but this is actually my first published work. Okay. And the same deal with him. I mean, he he's, I should say we both have had like a handful of things published, but this is kind of, this is definitely our major first publication. And yeah, that's, that's how we met. So he's in Minneapolis and our colorist actually just moved from Houston to Portland. Wow. Is there a, I'm sorry, Justin, I'm just stealing all. <laughs> oh, you're. Oh, ask, ask away guys. Absolutely. Is there any other artist or a writer you'd like to collaborate with? We've talked to so many people. Is there anyone that like, Hey, I really want to work with him or work with her. Uh, let's see. I know I want to work with Jim, with JH sometime, but that dude's in such high demand. And it's like basically, you know, some scrub saying, I want to play basketball with 1990s Michael Jordan. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just like, if it was Michael, I, I, I don't know shit about sports. Was Michael Jordan good in the 90s? I don't know. Yeah, he was. I think so. I don't, I don't know shit about sports either, man. That's yeah, what I feel. <laughs> yeah, I was that guy who didn't know anything about sports, but still wore the dream team, you know, with like Charles Barkley and uh, God, who were some of the other people, guys? Trump, Magic Johnson. Uh, Scotty Pepperberg. Yeah. yeah. Ewing. I know that. My brother yeah. was a huge yeah. athlete. Justin Lehner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my brother was a huge athlete, so, you know. I looked up to him, so I would uh, I would just you know wear the stuff he would wear. So if my brother, who happened to be named Justin, good name, thanks. <laughs> uh, if he got you know some Nikes, I'd get Nikes, or if he wore this, I'd wear that. I was kind of the odd kid though, who when he wasn't wearing his Team USA shirt, was all into playing Street Fighter Two at Seven Eleven and eating those dirty nachos and getting like Wildcats by Jim Lee, right? Your childhood sounds fam- strangely familiar. Yeah, that, that was my jam. And we, what was super rad about it is one of my best friends, his name was Utah Ito. He was from Japan. And his dad worked with, uh, I want to say some engineering firm that was in El Paso, where I'm from, but headquartered in Tokyo. So I, I don't know what the hell his dealing was. I mean, that's a 10-year-old not knowing what was going on. All I knew is Utah would get his grandparents to send Dragon Ball Z from Japan to the States about five, ten years before it caught on here. Of course, it was all in Japanese and you don't like go through the language, but Jesus, man. So I was that weird little kid like throwing fireballs uh, at recess while you guys were playing tetherball. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, you, I, I digress a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was a huge... Uh anime fan but i mean i started watching dragon ball z when it came to america <laughs> well i think i think there's some dragon ball z movies coming out where they reanimate frieza yeah yeah, yeah. I, I haven't been keeping up with any kind of anime or manga in a long time because i've been really into american comics lately but i think i may check that out it's been a long time since i've looked into it um some so back to your question i uh, i kind of got off on a tangent which is my <laughs> habit 
which is my wine habit, I guess, or my habit in general. Um, I'd like to work with, uh, Aaron Conley and I have talked a little bit, the, the fellow who drew Sabretooth Swordsman. And I've talked him into contributing to issue six. I don't, did you guys ever read Sabretooth Swordsman? It's brilliant. No, I haven't. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, by dark horse. It's great. Um, I don't think he does comics anymore, but I'd love to do something with Raphael Grampa, the guy who did Mesmo Delivery. Okay. Hmm. I don't think he does comics anymore. I think his, I think Mesmo was his only one. And he had a couple of one shots here and there. And I don't know. Any, anybody who, uh, who just wants to make uh, fun, different comics. I want to be in this for uh, the long run. So it's really anybody who uh, has a passion to tell good stories in a, in a different and unique way. Well, I think Miguel kind of jumped the gun asking that question before this one, but do you have any other stories lined up? I mean, do you have other books that are in the works? And nothing to really promote. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, chatter right now, but there's nothing that is, hey, I am going to do this, or hey, this is happening. It's just a, a lot of uh, emails back and forth and some phone calls. Okay. Well, if you ever get anything started, give us a holler. Yeah. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> Kickstarter, whatever you want to do, give us a We'll do our best to help you out. Well, I appreciate it. I really we'll do. be glad to read whatever you write. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I mean, Dark Engine, I mean, you got to be proud of that as being your, you know, breakthrough comic because well, it, it's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're kind. You're really kind by uh, calling it breakthrough. Um, I, I don't know. We're, we're just having a lot of fun. And when the writing gets tough and when um, you read a review where somebody says, oh, I, I really didn't get this, I unfortunately I have to reread it. It's one of those things where you have to remind yourself what you're doing this for and how much you love comics. Like, and that's that's the bottom line. There's people out there who enjoy the story. Uh, John and I are fortunate enough to uh, do the thing we love, so we're just really excited that it's found an audience. Yeah, critics. Psh, it's like I say, it's all about the people. Yeah, what are they? The know? fans. They're the ones that count. They're the ones that are buying it. <laughs> I like that, man. I like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like after, I want to say, issue two, people realized that we weren't going to be giving all the answers away right in the first two issues. And once that idea stuck, it, it developed this readership where people who were invested in the story stayed on and love the fact that we're just taking their time. I, I love slow burn comics, so... I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with the pacing and everything else. And I love the comic when you do get in the story and you're like into it and then something happens to the character. You're like, it like it hits you, man. It's like, holy crap. That was like, what's going on? Why? Why did that just happen? <laughs> you know, that's 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 what your comic does. It just it gets you in there. You're involved and you feel like you're actually in it. And that's when I know that I'm reading a really good comic because I feel like I'm actually in the story. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's um, that's that's a really nice compliment. Somebody said or somebody wrote to me and said that it feels like uh, that they are not reading the conversation, they are witnessing the conversation, and I thought that was a, that was a very lovely thing for them to say. I was going to play off my fans thing earlier and say, as the people that pay the $40 to get in the comic palooza to stand in line to see you so you can sign their books. And speaking of that, are you coming to comic palooza? When is comic palooza? It should be the last weekend in May. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, it's in the it's in my back door. I need to. Uh, I think John Simmons is still running Comic Palooza. Yep, 
That's Justin's good friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm very good friends with John. I know uh, John from yesteryear, so I, I need to touch base with him. I'd love to do that. That's actually where I met J.H. Williams when um, when he and his wife came down to Houston uh, to Comic Palooza. And I, I want to say that was uh, roughly four to five years ago. Well, we'll definitely have to meet up and grab a bite to eat or something. Yeah, are you kidding? Absolutely. Miguel, will you be there? Yes, that's what we first uh, did our first uh, con is this as a podcast. As a show, yeah. Yeah, we met Lou Ferrigno, Mike and Ming, and so many people. We had a great time. We did four days of nonstop interviewing. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Yeah, we'll we'll have a blast. There's a, there's some joints around here uh, that we can hit up to eat and grab a drink or something. Sounds and we good. know a bunch of other podcast people that are probably die to interview you. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. We probably could get you a bunch more interviews. Are you kidding? I, uh, you know, as a new creator and somebody with uh, their first book out there, I'd be remiss to say... Uh, no, that's okay. I mean, that's that's absolutely something that I'd be interested in. Okay, we'll talk more about that later. Then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, what other, what other questions do you guys have about Dark Agent? I'm feeling spoilery. Okay, um, ask you ask it, Justin. Ask it. <laughs> He's feeling spoilery. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to give the entire story away, but I mean, uh, a comical podcast exclusive. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so is the dragon going to? Uh, Gain control of the last uh, what you call pronounce it? it? You pronounce it of of the last gigahole? Yes, so, yes. I can't say it. <laughs> so yes and no. Um, he, he will he'll gain control, but he won't have all of his uh, all of his facilities because of the infection. I don't know, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good guess, educated guess. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's yours. Miguel, did you have any questions? Sim. Yes. <laughs> Where's she going next? Yes. <laughs> what, what, what's, what's happening here? <laughs> she's actually she's actually going to stay right where she is until issue a. Her fate will very much mirror the dragons. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So you got to remember what, what the story is titled, right? It's titled Dark Engine. So where Sim is the protagonist, and then she takes uh, – she kind of takes a step back as the ink face ranger takes a step forward for three issues. Uh, something for readers to keep in mind is that the the true star of this story is the dark engine and what comes from it. Okay, that's so I, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that, that's super cryptic. That sound like Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> that's that's basically. Uh, I don't know. That's pretty spoiler heavy. I think I've been Just, waiting like forever. Because they found out you were coming on the show, and now I just went blank. <laughs> I had a really good question, and I can't even think of it. I'm like on the spot. Like, come on. All right, well, I got, I got a question that you could probably answer. Oh, okay. Okay, we're doing the more than one rule. Cool. <laughs> well, this isn't a spoiler question. It's a question about the books that have already come out. Yeah, please go right ahead. The, the design on the back covers? Yeah. With the different languages? <laughs> yeah. How did you come up with that? Honestly, I just wanted something different. I, I uh, wanted uh, an S. A solitary image that spoke to what was going to happen in the next issue, right? So on the back cover of issue one, you have a, a scale with a feather and a heart. Well, that was kind of a, nink, a wink and a nod to what was going to happen in issue two. And then on the back cover of issue two, you have a, a Viking helmet. Well, that speaks to what's going to happen in issue four. And then on issue four, you have a sword stuck in the ground. And that happens to be the Ink Face Ranger's sword. In the different languages, I thought, why the hell not? Uh, the first one is uh, 
Finnish. The second one is Filipino. The third one is Afrikaans. And the fourth one is Russian. I noticed in the fourth book that uh, you got Steve Orlando to contribute. Yeah, yeah. The Russian guy. Yeah. Steve! (laughs) As a matter of fact, um, the gentleman who lettered Undertow, his name is Thomas Maurer. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. He's a German, and he's uh, – it's really pretty great. To to be a good letterist, you have to be uh, a good designer, frankly, because you're designing the balloons. You're designing their placement, et cetera. And he's actually joining Dark Engine on issue five. So we're very excited to have him. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to say something about Steve. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're good friends with Steve, and Steve will be joining our show here this coming weekend for the third time. <laughs> Third time. I'd like to see a, another book from Steve. He has a few out there, and he's working on a new one uh, called Virgil, which should be out before too much longer. Is that a is that his Kickstarter? Yeah. Cool. Uh, he just did a short story for the Vertigo Yellow anthology. The CMYK yeah. deal that they had going? Cool. Cool. But Nick, this Sunday at uh, 8 Eastern, uh-huh. we're going to be watching the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special <laughs> with Steve Orlando, and we're going to be live-tweeting the whole thing. Yes, Merman will be there. Beastman and Skeletor. That's pretty. So. That's that's pretty good, Miguel. <laughs> thank you, thank you. The whole movie's actually up on YouTube. So if you want to join in and watch it with us, just go to YouTube and, and watch the He Man Shear Christmas special. Hit start the same time as all of us. We live tweeting using hashtag the arm the whole time. <laughs> so oh, okay, well, let me know that time again. Uh, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. 8 p.m. Eastern. Have it here. He's in Houston, man. Tell him Central. Seven Houston time. <laughs> no, no, I appreciate that work, Justin. That's really kind of you to make me do mental math right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, Ryan, by the way, uh, hashtag the arm. Uh, when Steve first came on us, we were talking about zero and how the person loses an arm through the portal. And so Steve be like, let's get this trending. So he started hashtag the arm. And then because of us, he actually put it in, had to put it in his book. <laughs> it was kind of cool. That is cool. It is super cool. So you need to throw an arm in your book somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> this is just an arm dangling. <laughs> and you can tweet us later. That was for you guys. <laughs> Why not? I mean, there's there's already exploding. Uh, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> that's It'll enough. mean a lot to us. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a panel with an arm. That's right. <laughs> Inspired by the, the nut jobs at Comical Podcast. <laughs> I know I mentioned this to you earlier, Ryan. Uh, one of the things we ask all of our guests to do when they come on the show is to tell us a funny story. Okay, so my brother, he's getting married. Okay. All right. I'm the best man. I'm getting my. I've been thinking about we're. I've been we're in Costa Rica, and I've been thinking about the best man speech all day, all day. And his name is Justin, like I said, and um, he's about to marry a, a girl named Brianna. I'm giving the speech that night. And I'm <laughs> oh my like, god! Hang on. <laughs> hang on. I'm sorry. It's hard to be to cut you. <laughs> no, it's fine. That's fine. Well, uh, yeah. Just my sister's name. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my god! Okay, so so I'm I'm giving the speech, and it was a terrible speech, and everybody's watching, and I'm pitting out, and I'm it's just hot, right? I'm nervous, and all of a sudden, now her name is Brianna. I say, Justin, I think you and Brianne are gonna have a wonderful life together. So I called her the wrong name, but not just any wrong name. That happened to be his ex girlfriend's name. Oh, <laughs> before Brianna. So it's not really my fault that I called her the wrong name because that son of a bitch dated a Brie 
a Brienne and a Brianna. He knows Brianna. <laughs> I called her the wrong name. Everything goes silent. My two friends start cracking up. I'm like, <laughs> I just, I just like bumble through. Not a year and a half later, my brother and her are divorced. It's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> so that that happened. That actually fucking happened. Wow. Oh man, that's that was, funny. That was the worst. Turns out I caused people to get divorced. <laughs> What is it with our artist people here with their brothers? I mean, Williamson told that story about his brother and the spider shitting on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty fun. It's always a brother story. <laughs> it's always a brother story. I mean, there's also the there's also the time where in college I talked uh, my English teacher into passing me. Uh, I was a, a fifth-year senior. I was doing that victory lap. Nice. And, <laughs> thank you. And, um, you know, I decided all of a sudden I didn't want to be an English teacher. So I just stopped going to classes, right? I just stopped fucking going. I still have nightmares about like these professors, these, you know, ominous professors looking down at me and saying, Mr. Burton, you have not come to class at all. All of a sudden they have this robot Galactus voice and they're telling me that, <laughs> oh my God, you need to, you, you know, you have a 13 in my class. How are you going to pass? You're never going to graduate. So anyways, I go to this teacher <laughs> And I look at the syllabus and I realize that I've missed two tests, a couple of quiz and a speech or, or whatever, a couple of papers. I sit her down and she is very much your librarian, your stereotypical librarian type, you know, uh, bob haircut, horn rimmed glasses, jet black hair, war cardigans. And I was wearing like a freaking jackass douchebag. I was wearing this old shirt that says, I've got the Hoover spirit. I still remember this. I was sitting down next to her. And the class was maybe 20 people deep, right? Mm -hmm. And she's looking at me like, who in the hell is this guy? Well, everybody leaves. And I say, look, I realize I haven't come to class at all this semester after this one quiz we took. That's because I realized I really don't need this class. I don't want to be an English teacher anymore. And I already have this as a minor so I really don't need this class. So she's looking at me just gobsmacked, like, what in the hell is this guy saying? And I say, how can we help me pass this class? So I use that operative word, we. How can we help me pass this class? Right. And she looks at me just like dumbstruck. She's like, we're giving a presentation. It's next Wednesday. Okay, cool. Well, I call my then-girlfriend, now-wife, and say, hey, I've got this project to do. Can you come down from Houston and help me out? She comes down and does the entire project for me. Now, <laughs> it's not just on literary figures, because if you guys recall, this professor said I could do it on whatever the hell I wanted to, right? So this is how fucking clueless I was. I'm, I'm telling you, as the last jackass they let graduate from the A&M. They saw like what I did, and they're like, okay, no more of this shit. We got to <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to my dad, who's a high school principal, and, and somehow the conversation led to him being, you know, kind of frustrated or, or sad because he had to deal with this one girl who was 14 and pregnant. And I'm flipping through my comics, I kid you not, and my wife is down there, my girlfriend rather is down there, and she's like, "Okay, what, what are we going to do?" I was like, "Actually, is there any way you could do a PowerPoint presentation on teen pregnancy, guys?" That's how spaced out I was. <laughs> that's how spaced out I was. I kid you not. Two days after Liz made that presentation on teen pregnancy, <laughs> I go to the class to give my presentation. 
and people before me are giving me are giving presentations on like the greater works of Chaucer or the ramifications ramifications of literary history that Shakespeare caused or Vonnegut or et cetera, et cetera. All of a sudden, my dumbass goes up there again with the I've got the Hoover Spirit T-shirt on and like five o'clock shadow. I've got bags under my eyes. I probably look like I'm drunk or stoned. And all of a sudden, I start talking about teen pregnancy. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> No, I mean, I can, you know, and everybody's just looking at me like, who the fuck is this? Is this a joke? Is this like Van Wilder? That movie just came out, even though I'm dating myself. So <clears throat> I give this enthralling speech of teen pregnancy and going through my nice transitions on my PowerPoint. And people are snickering because they're thinking it's a joke. I pause my presentation. I say, no, this is serious business, guys. <laughs> <laughs> afterwards i close my presentation i don't even sit down i leave the class i ended up getting a d in that class for that one presentation that's awesome that is awesome so i don't know if that's funny i don't know if i have like knee slappers i just have like did this shit really happen story that that was funny to me yeah it was I I, (laughs) i was a huge slacker in college too actually i had a I had a similar kind of situation one semester. I was taking music appreciation. Mm-hmm. And this was actually my first semester of school. Um, I did not do well at all. I was too busy doing other things, and I didn't care that much. And I like, Shocker. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I went to the class a couple times, and I like did the first test and like a couple of the quizzes, and I, then I stopped going. And yeah. uh, I was like, well, if I show up and take the final, uh, I should still be able to pass like with a D, like if I do well in the final. So like I studied a little bit. And uh, my, my roommate and I had been having problems. So the night before, he came in with a girl, and like literally, we were in bunk beds. So he got on the top <laughs> with, his, with his girlfriend that we come full circle. Bunking. <laughs> and I was laying on the bottom bed, like trying to uh, block it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they went for a while and then finally went to bed, and then I fell asleep. Well, he got up before I did, and he was angry at me for some reason. I don't remember what it was. My alarm went off, and he he turned it off as soon as it made a noise, and then got up and left the room. Uh-huh. And I had set my alarm so I'd get up and make it to my final for this this class. Uh, so I woke up, and it was two hours after the test was over. <laughs> and I, I was like, holy shit. I got out of bed, threw my clothes on, bolted out the door, ran to the um, all the way across campus to where the uh, music appreciation teacher's office was. He wasn't in there. I asked people in the building if they knew where he might be. Nobody knew. I emailed him. He never responded. Like I, everything I could, try to get in touch with the guy to see if I could possibly make up the test because I had wasted like three nights studying for it. Right. And wasted. I like how you say wasted. Yeah, yeah. Girl, at that point, that's how I felt for sure. I was just like, I wasted it if I can't. (laughs) I could have been out. Yeah. So, like, I was sure I just failed the class, but then when my report card came, I got a C. I have no idea. I never, I never talked to him. What? I never like I don't I have no idea how I got to see in that class, but I got to see. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Well, it's funny. My my first semester, unsurprisingly, probably after I told you the the story, um, my first semester I ended up getting on scholastic probation, and my hair was uh, past my shoulders. I looked like I was high or drunk all the time, and um, I got it on 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 scholastic probation, and I didn't I didn't make the grades to get off of scholastic probation, but they must have lost the paperwork. Cause basically they say, Hey, you have to get a certain GPA to bump back up. Right. 
to, to get off Scholastic, to get off ScoPro. I never made that. I don't know what happened between now or then and, you know, the, the paper being filed, but it must have never been filed because I literally got a piece of mail saying, okay, this semester you're on double secret probation. You better seriously get your act together. It's like, what just happened? <laughs> I mean, the shitty part is I had a good pal of mine who was in the exact situation who his paperwork did get filed and he was kicked out of school. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, not, uh, my my stories aren't really funny. It's just kind of like, how the hell did those happen? It was just it was just my first year of school. I mean, the first year I was in college, I didn't give a crap at all. <laughs> I don't think most people did. No, of course not. Of course not. I mean, you're you're there, and it's a whole new world. It's like a it's it, my college education was literally a five year vacation. That's how it was. I mean, and and unfortunately, that's how I. I treated it. You think about like, oh, Jesus, I had all of this at my fingertips. I was such a jackass. <laughs> my, my, my experience was very similar. I mean, there was a lot of sleeping in and playing video games. and. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I once broke up uh, with a girl over the phone because <laughs> she called me while I was playing Final Fantasy VIII and I was at the last boss and you can't pause on boss battles on Final Fantasy VIII. And she was already kind of disgruntled. And she was telling me over the phone that I had chosen to answer while I was playing Final Fantasy VIII. Hey, this just isn't working. And and I cut her off. I said, you know what? I don't think this is working out. Um, <laughs> let me go ahead and give you a call back in about an hour. Because I knew that's how much it would uh, take to, to beat, I think, the last boss's Ultima. Yeah, yeah. I remember Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> yeah, man. I was, I was fucking rad as Squall. I had my, my gangster squad beating up on... Final Fantasy bosses. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, last jackass fellows, they uh, they totally upped the requirements for people to get into that school after I graduated. You don't have any slacker stories from college? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a slacker. Yeah, Miguel, you seem really straight-laced, man. <laughs> no, see, uh, I took a different route. Being uh, grew up from, in a poor family. At the time that I was graduating from high school, <clears throat> I'd applied to A&M. Tech, Brown, Syracuse, Texas Southern, and I got accepted in a few of them. But my family uh, had issues at the time. I had one sick and one down, uh, hurt, and really bad. So I felt that my time needed. I needed to stay home and help, being the old, the oldest, yeah, two kids. And so I stayed and went to technical school and pretty much laughed all the way through that. I was their valedictorian. It was not hard at all. <laughs> Uh, so I got into the workforce pretty quickly, but after a couple of years, I left for the military and that's where my funny stories come from. <laughs> Sleeping under a bridge, <laughs> doing all kinds of stupid stuff that, uh, you know, <laughs> I can't say. They, they, don't, they don't count as funny stories if you can't tell them. <laughs> I can't say. <laughs> but no, I, uh, no, you know, uh, where we work at, we have an office in College Station and so I've been with this company for almost 18 years now. And they first opened the office of College Station, so I met a lot of people from there when they were first starting. And I used to hang out with them all the time. I was in College Station almost every freaking weekend. Oh, really? Uh, I had a blast. I'm an honorary Aggie, as they say. That's awesome. Uh, so I, I still go out and go go to games and whatnot and have friends who were there and sure, graduated sure. and so forth. But uh, <laughs> I understand the getting drunk and not knowing where you're at in College Station because that happened once before. 
I'm wandering around. I have no idea where the hell I'm at. Just walking three steps. Bleh. Walk a couple more steps. Bleh. <laughs> I remember walking around behind a club and walking around the building and just ralphing on someone's car. <laughs> then walk right back in the club and went back to doing what I was doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it like, never happened. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Uh, no, I got my degrees later. Uh, I, did, I did one online and attended a school. So I have my master's in psychology, but like I'm really using it. <laughs> you use it to give advice to people on the show and the ask Lord Horstocles. That, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but see, I got a 23 year old at the same school that Justin attended. <laughs> if she does anything wrong, I'm there. <laughs> Sounds like we could go on and on about stories. Miguel, I'm especially uh, I'm especially interested in uh, the ones that you have in the military. I'll- well, uh, we got uh, their phases when you first get in there. You uh, have to earn your right to be able to get dressed in civilian clothes, and at Friday at 6, you're, you're released. And you can go upstairs, change into civilian clothes, and then go out on the town. Uh-huh. You can catch a cab from the base and go into the town that's neighboring and go out there and do whatever, and you can come back. Right. Uh, but the first, the phase before that, you can only stay on base. Well, alcohol is relatively cheap on a military base, and, uh-huh. and they have a PX on the base, and they sell a lot of different stuff very, very cheap. And even if you're a certain age, you're in the military, you still can get it. Right. Well, there's a thing called Cisco. And Cisco is kind of like a wine, <laughs> like a Boone's Farm or a Strawberry Hill or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. <laughs> yes, I've had some of that too back in the day in high school. <laughs> so uh, we bought some, bought, me and my friends bought a couple bottles and we're drinking, we're having a good old time. And being stupid, I drank two of those. And uh, <laughs> it was walking back to the barracks. I don't remember what happened, or we all got separated. I have no idea. One of my friends wound up in the, in the barracks on the third floor, puking, laying around, wrapped around the toilet. <laughs> he oh. got in trouble because they caught him. So he had to do uh, a weekend of uh, being in your full uniform, helmet, rifle, everything, walking up and down the halls, telling people, don't drink, don't do this, don't do that. It was like a, <laughs> an emergency broadcast telling you what not to do. But he had to do oh. that for like the entire weekend. So his weekend was gone. Yeah, uh, a bunch of other guys. <laughs> I don't even know where they went. But me, instead of walking through the back, I happen to walk around to the front. And the way the, the thing is situated, there's rocks and there's a little bridge. And the way the base is, it goes down and up. And so there's like a high low ground. Well, I woke up the next morning at about seven o'clock, staring at the at the underneath of a bridge. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what happened here? So I'm looking at the bridge. I'm I'm sitting here. I'm still in full you know, in my civilian clothes, like. With a bottle next to me looking. <laughs> I'm basically sleeping on a little bridge under a sidewalk. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what just happened here? <laughs> and of course, I got a headache. So I crawl out. <laughs> the military walk of shame. <laughs> and walk into the barracks. And then, of course, the drill is waiting. Private Garza, where you been? Uh, I've been <laughs> under <out>. a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I got in a little trouble. He tried to make me vomit, but uh, I was good. He made me do a lot of push-ups and sit-ups that morning and a lot of front-back goes. Basically, front, you drop and do push-ups, back, you flip over to your sit-ups, go, you get up, and you run in place. Gross. He was doing his best to make me vomit. Gross. But, uh, yeah, so I wound up on their bridge. I wound up on our PT area where we do our – where we go out in the middle. I was stationed in Arizona in the middle of the desert, and the base has an area where we go do our running. It's right. wooded, and it's kind of desert. It's kind of wooded. It has some woods, and it's desert whatever. But there's a lot of animals out there. Uh, I wound out up there somehow, too. I don't even know how. <laughs> up there. It's like, why am I sleeping in these bushes? You know, I've gone to Mexico with my friends and not even remember how I got there and how I got back. Right. 
I realized I had an alcohol problem. Yeah, you have, <laughs> you're just making a case that you have a drinking problem. <laughs> well, I did all my drinking in the military. I don't really drink as much anymore. I don't even think I drink. Maybe yeah, I, I, <laughs> you just don't remember it. That's right. <laughs> well, those are pretty funny stories, guys. One last thing I want to talk about a little bit is there's a, a smidgen of news for the week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A smidgen? A smidgen. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> uh, so movie news. Okay. Apparently some hacked documents came out that uh, Marvel and Sony have actually been discussing letting Marvel use Spider-Man for the Civil War movie. Hell yeah. So they're, they're at least talking about it. That, that part is confirmed. I think that it would be pretty impressive if they can work something out and Sony will relinquish the rights because Civil War is just not going to be the same if Ant-Man or Black Panther is the one yeah. standing up doing the reveals. <laughs> but you know, it won't be Andrew Garfield. It'll be like Keanu Reeves and Spider-Man or some crap like that. <laughs> I just want to see the horror on your face. <laughs> uh, as far as TV, mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple of big announcements this week. Uh, there's going to be a show called Krypton on the Sci-Fi Channel, which is going to be another prequel to Superman. Nice. How do you feel about that since you're such a big Smallville fan? Well, this is before even Smallville. This is back before he was even... Conceived? He was, yeah, he was just a gleam in his daddy's eye. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's fine. I'm, I'm down with that. I'll check it out. It's on sci-fi. It's on sci-fi. I've seen a lot of crappy dinosaur movies on sci-fi, <laughs> man. It's terrible. Hey, sci-fi is responsible for Sharknado. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if they'll do a crossover. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, there's also another new show coming out on TNT called Titans, which is going to follow the Teen Titans uh, with Nightwing. Really? Is enough pull for that? Apparently. The only Teen Titans I know is the cartoon thing that my kids watch. <laughs> I think this will be a little more adult, but... The only superhero show that I can remember from TNT was the old Birds of Prey show. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how good of a job they'll actually do with it. But hey, more superhero shows, the better, right? This is not on Fox. Get canceled after a week. <laughs> Gotham's still going. Yeah, but Gotham's strong. Well, let's say this wouldn't be. Well, well, you know. But I'm saying Fox usually doesn't give people the chance. You I know. know like that. I know. But, Firefly syndrome. Yeah. We, we exactly. Got Why you gotta bring that up? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And that's it. I mean, there's there's not much. Um, hey, man, you can give a shout-out to our sponsor. You'll get a madass. That's right. The, today's show is brought to you by Surge. Surge. <laughs> Wrong sponsor. <laughs> no, uh, tweakedaudio.com. If you want to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can go to tweakedaudio.com, use promo code COMICAL, and you'll get one-third off the cost of any set of headphones they sell, plus free shipping anywhere worldwide. And they can get it to you quick. About two days is the turnaround time to get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have seven different styles and seven different designs, mm-hmm. seven, color, seven, seven different styles and seven different colors. Yeah, you'll get that out. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and they're great. I mean, they're noise-canceling. They have a flat cable design, which prevents tangling. They make great Christmas gifts. you still got time to order those, so get some. Yeah, use that promo code so we can get some money. Yeah. We need some money on this show. <laughs> <laughs> We're poor. I know. How else can they sponsor us? Bunk beds aren't cheap. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I need new sheets. <laughs> You can also support the show directly if you just go to uh, PayPal mm-hmm. and send money to comicalpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Send money. That's right. <laughs> we accept everything. <laughs> There's a link on our website. <laughs> <laughs> We're like those guys out there with a the sign. <laughs> we'll podcast for money. <laughs> <laughs> we need more surge. <laughs> <laughs> more surge. Um, that's that's pretty much all we got for today. I got you. you have anything else you wanted to talk about, Ryan? No, no. I think uh, you guys have covered it. All right. Then. If you like the show... Uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash comical podcast. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at comical podcast. Miguel's at comical podcast too. 
If you want to follow Ryan, you can find him. Is this where I plug my? <laughs> yes, you can find him at his house. Address is. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at rburton03. So make sure to do that, guys. And uh, that's it. You want to close out the show, Ryan? All right. Keep on laughing, bitches. Nice. <laughs> and as Baron Up Smirnoff would say. <laughs> no, I, I. Okay. So how how do other people say keep on laughing, bitches? Just keep on keep on laughing, bitches. Yeah. That's something I have to practice. We've had a lot of people stress the bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They go gangster. Keep on laughing, biatches. (laughs) People like our tagline. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's something I'm going to get tattooed on my back. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Keep on laughing, bitches. Bitches.